Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Without any further delay, Brother Jackson, we want you to preach to us tonight whatever God's laid on your heart. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is so to be in the presence of God with each and every one of you. God is surely uh, doing something great amongst all of us. Uh, I appreciate so much the power of God uh, that has been resident. Uh, already with the singing and the worship of Brother Wilson. Uh, appreciate so much his commitment to the Word of God, his commitment to the anointing, and uh, his example to our movement, uh, his example to so many uh, young people across the world. Uh, just last year, at the beginning of the year, uh, I was in Australia, and down in Australia, down under, uh, they were singing Wait on the Lord. And uh, it was so beautiful to witness understanding that that song is more than a bunch of lyrics, uh, but that is something that is resident in his spirit uh, and that is exuded to all of us that we are, uh, ben that benefits all of us. And I give honor to him and uh, Pastor Staten and his wife and family. I appreciate them so much. Uh, their kindness, their hospitality. Uh, every time I come and visit, uh, always keeping in touch. Uh, my wife and I uh, look up to them and appreciate their steadfastness and faithfulness. And uh, we are just so appreciative to know them and to be a part of their life, uh, lifetime friendship. I give honor to that great family, this great man of God. Um, we're going to open up our Bibles today to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Uh, I warn you, I may be a little bit excited tonight. Amen. I know it's live stream, but uh, uh, I think I feel the anointing on here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. Pray everybody's doing well. Uh, for those men that need haircuts, I'm praying for y'all. And... Uh, Someone was saying that this is the time, uh, my pastor was saying, because my pastor's hair is receding, so this is the time of the bald heads, amen. So uh, I might be on that train sooner, <laughs> sooner than I think, amen, because my hair is starting to really get a little, if, I, if you see me with an afro next time you see me, don't judge me, amen. That's just, that's just Corona speaking, hallelujah, amen. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and... It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and lineage of Bethlehem, of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Last scripture, verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. I want to preach to you on this subject this evening, the power of God, uh, the power of God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless this word. I pray that you would bless your people. Let the word of God be quick and sharp and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing of soul and spirit. God, let, let your word be like a hammer that breaketh the rocks. Let your word be like a fire, oh God, that would consume everything in its sight. Let your word be engrafted. Let your word be the sincere milk. Let your word be like water that washes over us. Do something in us. Let your anointing flow from the north, south, to the east, to the west. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody shout yes. yes. Oh, man, I heard you loud and clear. Come on, somebody. I feel you in my spirit. Amen. I want to preach you on this subject this evening, the power of God, the power of God. It's very interesting how God decided to reveal his fullness and reveal his nature in a way that he had never revealed himself before. It's very interesting the circumstances that God wanted to reveal himself to mankind. Very interesting the setting which God desired to reveal his fullness to his people. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 that there went out a decree by Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. All the world was commanded to be taxed and everyone, listen, was sent home. And they were commanded to stay home until the taxing was over. God could not reveal his power in a way he never revealed it before until the world was taxed and in a taxing situation. God had a tax come where the people were forced home, listen, and they had to stay there until the taxing was over. Does this feel familiar to anybody? Uh, they could not leave their homes until taxing was over, until they, the government decided it was time to come forth. And God put a setting here that the people had to go home and be taxed and in a taxing situation before he could reveal himself in a way that he never revealed himself before. And this would be a sign, the Bible says, that Mary was great with child. As the world was taxed, it was a sign that Mary was great with child. And as the world got worse, it was a sign huh, that greatness was near. Y'all gonna make me preach in this place already. Huh? Help me, Holy Ghost. Huh? Uh, the sign of, of something great being born huh, 
was the world in a situation that was rare. It was a rare occurrence for people to be taxed. It didn't happen two times in a lifetime. But we see here that a rare occurrence the world was in. And it was the conditions that God decided to manifest his greatness in a way that he never manifested before. And as the world got worse, listen, Mary's contractions got worse. Oh, Lord, help me. And the worst, the bad nature of the situation was a sign that she was about to birth something that would change the world forever. Can I preach to you right there in your homes how bad things may be in your life, in your situation, in your family? Can I tell you it's just a sign that you're about to give birth to something great in your family you're about to give birth to something great in your church. You're about to give birth to something great in your life. And the sign is that when resistance comes, that is the fertile soil where greatness is birthed. I'm going to preach to somebody in this building. Where adversity is, that is the climate where something is going to come out of the womb of the church that has never been birthed before. And God reveals his fullness, not under beautiful conditions, but he reveals his fullness when the world is scratching their head, wondering what is going on, wondering why they can't leave their homes. God says, while you can't leave your home, I am working behind the scenes in your favor. And I am producing something in the middle of your situation that you're going to thank me for later. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that she was great with child. And while she was great with child, the Bible says as they tried to go home, because uh, she was about to have the baby, oh, Lord, that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Uh, imagine being quarantined in a barn. Help me, Lord. Y'all gonna make me. Somebody gonna, somebody gonna turn me off of the live feed. Praise God. Somebody getting mad at me out there. <laughs> Amen. Uh, imagine going home, but your home won't welcome you, and you have to stay in a barn. Uh, where the only place you can lay your baby is in a manger. Uh, this is interesting because a manger, it is a cattle trough. It is a place where cattle feed. It is a place where cattle drink. It was a dirty place. And when God decided to reveal his fullness, it didn't happen in the beauty of a palace. It didn't happen in a beautiful home, but God decided to reveal his fullness in filthiness. And in the dirtiness, God right there wanted to reveal his power. In the place that was least expected, God laid his power down right in that spot. This is interesting because Cornell University, they did a study they were trying to find out the reason why so many cattle were sick. 63,000 cows were sick and over 20 of them died. 
They were trying to research why these cows were getting ill by the thousands. They were doing research trying to find the source behind these cattle's death. Listen, and when they found the source of the illness and disease spreading, they found it, listen, in the cattle trough. The cattle trough was a place that was prone to disease. It was a place that was prone to producing E. coli. And these cattle were getting infected with E. coli, which humans can also get infected with E. coli and get sick and die. Uh, the cattle trough was prone to that bacterial infection of E. coli spreading. It was the source of illness and disease spreading. Listen, and E. coli spreads when the infected person touches another. Oh, Lord, does this sound familiar to anybody? E. coli spreads when the infected individual touches someone else. That's how that disease spreads. But God said, I want you to lay me down in the place that is filthy. I want you to lay me down in the place that is prone to disease. I want you to lay me down in the place that spreads death. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to reveal my power right in that spot. I'm going to reveal my power right in the spot where death occurred. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm going to reveal my power in a way that you never seen before. And it's not going to be under beautiful conditions. But I'm looking for the dirtiest situation to reveal my fullness. I'm looking for the place that's chaotic to reveal my greatness. In the very place where you don't think it can happen, that's the very place that it's going to happen. In the very place where the bad news spread, that was the very place where the good news spread. In the very place where death occurred, that was the very place where life came forth. And I tell you, God says, I'm not afraid of any disease. I'm not afraid of being tainted by filthiness. I am willing to step down right in the middle of it and show you my authority over it and show the world that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. Oh, he wasn't looking for beautiful conditions. Can I preach to somebody on, on here? I don't care how chaotic your life is. You may have gone through a divorce. Your kids may be wavered right now. You may have lost your job just now. You may feel unworthy and don't think that God is willing to step right in the middle of it. Can I tell you, God is going to show his power right in that spot, in that spot that you're trying to hide. Come on, somebody. You're trying to act like everything's okay. You're trying to act like nothing is wrong. But God says, you just give that disease situation to me and I will show my glory right in the middle of it if you allow me to. God isn't afraid of our disease. He isn't afraid of our pain. He isn't afraid of our worry. God, they laid down that baby. The God man, they laid him right there. And he nestled comfortably, come on somebody, in a place that was prone to disease. And notice that the disease didn't infect him and kill him. Are you hearing me? No. He had power over that 
place. He had power and nobody liked to talk about the manger. No one ever preached about the manger during this time. Come on, Holy Ghost. No one ever talked about it. But when God stepped into it, come on, everybody wants to talk about it now. What am I saying? No one wants to talk about how bad your situation is. You may be behind on the bills. You may be behind on the rent. The mortgage may be due right now and you're struggling. And you don't want to talk about what you're feeling. Can I tell you, God, when God steps into it, that's going to be a place that you're going to sing from. That's going to be a place that you testify from. That's going to be a place that you thank God from. And the very place that you wouldn't talk about is the very place that you're going to shout from the rooftops because God's power is revealed in that place. Oh, I'm going to preach to somebody in this building right now. Notice that when Job lost everything, the Bible says that he sat down in the ashes. Uh, the house that used to be, he sat down in that house that wasn't there. He sat down in the ashes of everything he used to have. And the Bible says that his health was it afflicted with boils. And he sat in the ashes and after losing everything, he scraped his body because of the uncomfortable health situation that he was in. He experienced a lot of loss in those ashes. 40 chapters later, Job would sit in those same ashes and repent. And he said, God, I repent in dust and ashes. And whenever he repented in those same ashes, that became the fertile place. Listen for a turnaround. I'm going to preach to somebody right now. I said the very place that he lost everything place where you experience power, the very place where you experience pain is the very place that you're going to experience power, the very place where you experience demise is the very place that you're going to experience deliverance because he is willing to set his power down right in that spot of the ashes. Oh, Lord, the same place you endured mourning is the same place you're going to get the oil of joy. The same place that you endured ashes is the same place you're going to reap beauty. The same place that you endured a spirit of heaviness is the same spot where you're going to put on the garment of praise. God is willing to manifest and show his fullness in the worst conditions. I'm preaching to somebody in this building right now. It's very interesting when God decided to cast out a demoniac cast out the demon-possessed man. Oh, he didn't cast them out in some beautiful situation. Come on now. No, there were 2,000 pigs around him, the most filthy animal. Uh, but God exercised the miracle surrounded by 2,000 pigs filled with filth, pigs that roll in the mud, the most filthy animal. And when God delivered that man, listen, the devil went into the filth. Oh, Lord, you're about to throw me out of here. The devil went into the filth. And when the devil went into the filth, listen, 
The filth fled to the water. Oh, Lord. And when the filth got to the water, the filth drowned in the water. I'm going to preach to you right now. Can I tell you what happens when you get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? The filth may try to follow you to the water. Come on. But the filth can't survive the water. You're going to come out of that water a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the old man shall be passed away. And behold, all things are going to become new. If I were you tonight, I would, I would, I would reach out to somebody on the internet. I would comment on this post right now and say, Pastor Satan, I am ready to get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. I'm tired of walking around in the field. I'm tired of walking around being comfortable with the filth all around me. I am ready for my sins to be washed away in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to contact Pastor Staten. You need to contact somebody connected to Living Hope. You need to comment on this section right now and say, I am ready for God's power to be revealed in me. I am ready for God to wash away all of my sins because it is a salvation issue. And he'll put his name, come on, you don't have to be pretty. You don't have to have it all together. He'll put his name on you like you are, come on. And he will begin to sanctify you through a process. Oh, Jesus. I'm so thankful that when God poured out his spirit on me, listen, that he wasn't looking for a pure vessel. <laughs> oh, y'all going to... Praise God. I'm about to shout the roof off my office right now. He, uh, I'm so thankful uh, that God didn't look for pure vessels to pour out his spirit on. But no, what he saw was he saw vessels that were diseased with sin, uh, that were diseased with a sinful nature. Uh, and yet God poured his purity. Come on now. Uh, he poured his spirit right in that diseased vessel. Uh, and his power began to sanctify that vessel. Uh, it made that vessel a royal priesthood. Uh, he made that vessel a son of God. Uh, he made that vessel something pure. Uh, because I gave God the opportunity uh, to show his power in my manger. Oh, Ew. Somebody clap your hands in your home right now. Somebody needs to lift up their voice in their home right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. God is beginning to speak to somebody. Come on, you need to lift up your voice. You need to clap your hands right in that home. You need to give out a hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to move. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to do something special. God's power is about to be revealed right in the middle of your chaos. Oh, Jesus. It's amazing that God, whenever he wanted to work a miracle of feeding the 5,000, noticed that the conditions didn't have to be perfect. They said, number one, God, you can't do a miracle, number one, because this is a desert place. <laughs> uh, this isn't a spot to do miracles, God. This is a barren place. This is a barren land. Uh, this is a desert place. Number two, the Bible says he did the miracle among the multitudes. Notice the word multitude in the Greek literally means a disorganized crowd. 
Ooh, Lord. Means things don't have to be pretty for God to do something. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, he reveals his glory in the middle of chaos. The earth was without form and void. It was empty. It was without form. It was chaos. It was disorganized. Yet the spirit of God moved. And we saw his majesty in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of that chaos. They told Jesus, hold on, Jesus. You can't do a miracle with Lazarus. He's been dead four days. And besides, he stinks. You know what Jesus said? Well, where have you laid him? Bring me to the stink because the stink is going to be the birthing place of a resurrection. Come on, somebody. Bring me to the stink. Bring me to the filthiness because that's going to be the same spot that I birth a miracle, that I birth a resurrection. Just bring it to me and I will do something in the middle of it if you will allow me to do it. Can I preach to you with this virus spreading what the Bible would call a pestilence. A pestilence just literally means a disease. When they tried to define, when the world tried to define Paul's ministry in Acts 24, you know what they said? They said, Paul is a pestilent fellow. That word pestilent is a disease, the same word for pestilence. They called Paul, when they tried to describe Paul's ministry, they said, He's a pestilent fellow, meaning he's spreading the gospel like a disease. Ooh, Lord. And can I tell you, the coronavirus can't go into the places where the gospel's going. Come on, Holy Ghost. Can I give you a word from the Lord? The gospel's going to spread further than the coronavirus spread. Can I give you a word from the Lord? The gospel's going to spread like a virus, like a disease, more than the one that is happening right now. God is going to get glory right in the middle of our circumstances, right in the middle of our trials. He's willing to lay his power down right in that place. Can I tell you, oh, Lord, I'm doing good on time. I'm doing good on time. Praise God. I guess I've been going about 20 minutes. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Can I tell you every time? There is a natural disaster. Whenever Abraham, God is calling from the Lord. Listen, right after his call, there was a famine. Right after his call, there was a natural disaster. Every natural disaster is coincided with a call from God. Can you hear the spirit calling right now? Can you hear the spirit calling you to a deeper place in prayer right now? Can you hear the spirit calling you to leave behind those earthly treasures, leave behind uh, those things from Mesopotamia, leave behind the false gods, oh, leave it behind and follow me. Every time there is a natural disaster, it's coincided with the call. Notice uh, Joseph was in prison and when he was in prison, notice, it was the fear of a natural disaster that called him forth out of the prison. Whew. Had a dream of seven ill cows and no one could give him the interpretation. And so Joseph comes out of the prison. They go to find him and he comes and gives them the interpretation and said, those seven ill cows, it means there's going to be seven years of famine. 
And Joseph said, and here's what you do. When they heard Joseph's wisdom, the Bible says, as they said, who is this that has the wisdom of the God? They said, let him be second in command to Pharaoh. Whew. And it was the fear of a natural disaster, listen, that highlighted the chosen. It was the fear of a natural disaster that brought the chosen out of the shadows. It was the fear of a natural disaster that highlighted who God was using. Am I preaching to the apostolic church right now? Ooh, Lord. Somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. In times of trouble, they look for that person. And the Bible says in the middle of the famine, in the middle of the natural disaster, you know what they named Joseph? They named Joseph Zephnepaneah, which literally means God hears and God speaks. Can I tell you what's happening right now? Huh? As they're going to find out that God is still listening and that God is still talking through his church, through the vessels of the Lord. Huh? Can I preach to everybody watching right now? Don't be afraid to share your testimony right now. Don't be afraid to share what God is doing, how God is preserving. If he can preserve the Israelites in the wilderness, if he can preserve their bodies from being swollen, he can preserve your body where you are right now. If he can preserve their finances, he can preserve your finances right now. Let him lay his power right in that place. Oh, lift up your hands where you are right now. I feel the Holy Ghost speaking in this place. God, lay your power down right in that place. Lay your power down right in that nest. Let the glory of the Lord move in a way that it's never moved before. Let your power spread, oh God. Send forth the stream in the middle of the desert, oh God. Lord, let the desert be a fruitful place, God. Do something, do something, do something, do something in our midst. In the name of Jesus. Oh, this just came to me. I want to share it with you, but the Bible says that Hosea prophesied about the restoration of Israel. And he said, in the valley of anchor, he said, there's going to be a door of hope. In the valley of anchor, there's going to be a door of hope. Anchor, the place where Achan was killed, the place where Achan was killed for his rebellion, the place where Achan was stoned and set on fire, he and his whole family for disobeying God. Anchor, which literally means trouble. It was the valley of trouble. God said the same place that trouble happened is the same place that the door of hope is going to be attained. Hope is going to spring forth out of that adversity. And he said, not only shall hope spring forth from the valley of Anchor, she shall sing there. Can I preach to you? You're going to sing in the place of the trouble. You're going to sing in the place of the chaos. You're going to sing in that place. And look what the Lord said. He said, and in that day, when you find hope, look what he said right there in Hosea. He said, in that day, you're going to call me Ishi. You're not going to anymore call me Bailey. What does that mean? That word Ishi, it literally means mortal. He said, in that day, you have hope. He said, you're going to call me a mortal man. And he says, you're not going to call me Bailey. Bailey literally means my Lord and my, and my master. He said, in the day you have hope, he said, you're going to call me a man. You're not going to call me a master. You know what he was saying? You're going to have hope 
when I come down and manifest myself in the flesh and I come in the fullness of the Godhead bodily in that man, Christ Jesus. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.